and welcome to a special edition of the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast. This is the show where we bring in thought leaders and innovators across the utility sector and grill them about the future of the industry and learn about how they're making that utility of tomorrow a reality today. My name is Jason Price of West Monroe, and I'm coming to you from New York City. Joining me, as always, is Energy Central's community manager and podcast producer, Matt Chester. Matt, today we're going into the digital sphere to look at how the future of the utility industry is being shaped. Are you ready for the discussion? Absolutely, Jason. I'm excited to get this one going. Fantastic. Our guest today, Brent Jensen, should be familiar to members of Energy Central. Brent is the Sales Engagement Director at Bentley Systems, and he was on the podcast last year along with a colleague from Siemens to discuss grid modernization and the trend of utilities becoming more data-driven, forward-looking, and embracing of the digital twins concept. Since then, the evolution of the grid has not only continued, but in fact that transition's pace has undoubtedly picked up. Amid this rapidly moving landscape, digital twins are going to be an increasingly critical topic at all corners of the utility business. With an eye towards these processes, Brent will pick up where he left off in that previous episode and discuss with us how electric utilities can get started on building a digital twin. But before we welcome Brent back into the podcast booth, let's give a quick thanks to Bentley Systems for making today's episode possible. Bentley Systems, a software development company that supports the professional needs of those responsible for creating and managing the world's infrastructure projects. So with that said, let's reintroduce Brent. Brent Jensen works on the integrated grid software solutions for energy utilities. He helps show utilities the value of digital twins and how to overcome some of the major challenges utilities face in creating them and keep them current in a dynamic information environment. And we're excited to have him share this wisdom with us today. Brent Jensen, welcome to today's episode of Energy Central's Power Perspectives podcast. It's great to be back, Jason. Nice to be chatting with you again at Matt. Fantastic. Brent, last year you discussed what a digital twin is and why utilities need digital twins as part of their digitalization strategy. I'd like to go deeper into the actual elements of a digital twin and how utilities should approach this new era of digital twinning. But since it's been some time since you were last on to discuss the digital twin, give us a quick summary, a 101, if you will, on what are they and why are they important to the utility professionals listening? So digital twins are kind of just what they sound like. They're a digital representation of your grid. And, and I know it sounds daunting. It's like, how, how would you create that? But tools today are, are, are getting very sophisticated and, and the ability to use the data that a utility has already. So you'll, you'll see utilities walking around taking pictures. They've got design data in various different systems, and they're siloed and don't talk to each other. So Bentley has formulated a way to bring all this information into a digital twin that it gives you two things. One is the ability to view what you have, so you can overlay it with vegetation data or maps, or you see your wires and transformers and all that sort of stuff. And so visualizing it with goggles or walking through a particular model and, and looking at what may be going on with the grid, for repairs, but also around mechanics so that these tools talk to each other more efficiently. So work order management systems, financial systems, financial data, 
SCADA data, simulation data. You can update these systems across each other as data is, is coming in. So if there's a repair done, uh, that data can automatically be fed in and it will update your digital twin model that you have so you can see in real time what's going on. So it's, it really has two functions that are, that are very powerful. Thanks for that. Brent, what's the maturity of this in the industry? Are stakeholders uniformly behind the curve or are you really focused on groups that are falling behind that need help catching up to pack on digital twin implementation? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and really, depending on the utility, you see a variety of digital twin stages, I'll say. Some bigger utilities have a bigger footprint that they're trying to incorporate, but have different systems that they're trying to integrate. So again, still, they'll have pockets that look good, but they're then outside of that sphere, either through acquisition or by other means, there's data that's not incorporated into that. So they're looking for ways, how can I take the, the, the various different data sources I have and continue to add on to this model that I've started? And then there are other utilities you, you talk with where they're still using paper, uh, like maintenance records um, are still being done with paper and they're not getting a critical component into the digital sphere that could really you know, help benefit their operations. So you really see a big spectrum I'll say, of, of advancements in, in, in digital twins as utilities catch on to this. Got it. So to dive in, how exactly should a utility go about building a digital twin or building into an existing digital twin? Yeah, that's a good question. And many utilities ask the same thing. They're, they're like, how do we get started? So what we do is we, we have a working group that can uh, come in and discuss with the utility, what's your biggest pain point? And we see it across a variety of, of different areas within the utility. It can be just around file management, for instance. They may have uh, simulation files, either transmission models, distribution models, uh, the distribution files themselves. And they, they don't know where the latest one is, who manipulated it, or what simulation was run against it at what power levels. And, and this can be a nightmare for the utilities. And, and it's amazing that something so critical like that is just it's so hard for them to manage. So that could be one area where you could start. You can say, look, we have the basic mechanics behind how we can help you manage those files. So just file management could be something very simple to start with. And that could be the start of your digital twin, where we're just managing these enormous files, showing you who touched what when and what was done to it so that you can keep moving forward instead of struggling to figure out where everything's at. Uh, that, that's one area. Another area could be around picture management. They, some utilities have a ton of pictures everywhere for substations, power lines, vegetation data, and they're not sure how to manage that or how to tie that into their GIS system or other forms of data. And we have some very fun solutions that can help them do that. And that could be a start of a digital twin. So it, it really depends on what, what the biggest pain point a utility is experiencing. But there's a variety of ways to get started that, that are easy to build on going forward. So Brent, you, you bring up these pain points from the utilities. And I'm curious, can you break them down in terms of are, are there some of the pain points that utilities are typically aware of before they start? And that's why they're bringing you in. And is there a separate category that's really only uncovered once you dive into the project and you kind of point out some issues that they didn't even realize were there? Yeah, the, that's a, a great question. The, <clears throat> the biggest area we see right out of the chute when we, we come in and talk to the utilities is the various data silos that they have. They're, they're just astounded by how many different data sources they have you know, within the utility. And it's something that's grown 
as the utility has grown, either again through acquisition of other utilities or the acquisition of tools. As some good tools come along, they would deploy those. But these tools and the data that they have don't talk to each other. They're in different data formats and different usages. And when you come in and say, look, we could help integrate those into a digital twin, either to help you visualize better the data that you have around these various different, again, um, substations or transformers or power lines or whatever you have, neighborhoods, or we can better utilize that data from a mechanic standpoint where you update financial systems or various different systems. So these are key things that the utility knows, the, the problems they know they have, and they're anxious to figure out, well, where do I start? It's such a giant mess that we have with all these various different data sources. What's the best place to start? And that, that's usually typically one of the issues that the, the utility has. And one of the fun places we suggest is around GIS. What if we could help you guys get your GIS data corrected and start there? Because that's one of the base forms of information that your utility uses Many different groups use downstream, simulation teams, planning teams, maintenance teams. If you can get that data solid and correct and tie it into other systems, the downstream effects are tremendous. So that's one area that we suggest where we could start. Brent, I'm interested in the term twins. Where does it come from? What are we twinning here? And more importantly, how does managing files relate to digital twins? Is it just one data warehouse or is it multiple? No, it, 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 well, it's a good point. So. A digital twin is, is just kind of how it sounds. So you've got the physical real world, your, your network, your power lines, your substations, your electrical network. And what a digital twin implies is an electric model, a computer model, that identically represents what's in the field. And that's a hard thing to do because what's in the field is constantly changing, <laughs> either through storms or equipment failure or uh, new neighborhoods, growth. You see some of these co-ops, for instance, here in Texas, that are growing tremendously as the state grows. So their grid is changing so fast and the data is coming in so fast. How do you keep that up to date and in your digital twin? So what we suggest is when you build this digital twin, we're utilizing data that you already have. We're not trying to, to reinvent any tool solution. So as your data changes in the existing tool sources that you have. We've got plugins that bring that over to our digital twin. And it's not a giant database. It's actually layers. So for instance, uh, your GIS data is one source, and then we can layer on a map, Google Maps, and then we could layer on SCADA data, and then we could layer on monitoring data. We could layer on maintenance data, manuals, documentation. So it's, it's not one giant database. It's a way to layer information to do two things again. One, visualize what you have and see what's going on with that environment. And two, to make your systems more efficient, have them talk to each other and share data as it's changing. And it's a very powerful effect. You mentioned GIS earlier. Does GIS come into the mix when looking at digital twins for utilities? After all, doesn't the GIS system essentially have all the information a utility needs for a digital twin? That's a great point. We hear that from utilities. They're like, well, our GIS data is our digital twin. And, and then we ask, well, does it have your maintenance data in there? Is there a maintenance warehouse affiliated with that? And the answer is, is no, typically. They'll have some minor information, but it won't have 
everything they need. It won't have documentation about specific equipment. It won't have vegetation data. It won't have real-time monitoring data. We've seen here in Austin, and it's happening all over the U.S., are these new meters that are smart meters. And now, me as a homeowner, you can, you can log into your address and see how much power your house is using every 15 minutes. You can layer that data on top of your GIS data, on top of a map, and then you could have a real-time view of what's going on with the grid. And you could see maybe a low-voltage area or a high-voltage area in real-time and, and see what's going on. Maybe start to get ahead of some of the problems that may be going on with the grid. And that's the other thing a digital twin can do with all this additional data is it allow you to predict, look out in time and say, hey, there's equipment out there that has been stressed because of high usage, maybe high current, high voltage. And that reduces the real-time life of some of those transformers and other pieces of equipment. We need to either get out and maintenance that device or maybe replace it and get out ahead of outages and, and problems that can, can occur. We've seen some utilities just run equipment to failure, and that's becoming a bigger and bigger issue for them. Fires start, oil spills out of these transformers and creates a mess that they have to clean up. And the costs of coming in after something fails are a lot more than if you get out ahead of it and fix it before it fails. Utilities are seeing that. So it's just another way you can get ahead of the curve with a digital twin by incorporating all these different sources together with your GIS data and say, look, we need to get out and look at these specific areas. They haven't been out and looked at for years, and in some cases, decades. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great way for these utilities to get a preview of where they have to do their work. The other one is around data security. So depending on where you put this information, and we can either put it in the cloud or we can do it on-prem as well, we can help you secure that data. And, and there are powerful organizations that share data around security threats, the IBM, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, Facebook, US government, EPRI, all these places share information about attacks and how to secure your data. And being able to leverage these powerful tech companies is a big advantage for some utilities because it's not an area where they have expertise and know the latest tricks that hackers may have and want to employ. So there's kind of a two-pronged area in creating a digital twin that can help you not only with efficiencies around everyday work, but it can help you around security as well. I feel you're alluding to some of my next questions, which is along the lines of DER. So is a digital implementation even more critical in this environment with increasing distributed energy resources? Yeah, it is. Talking to utilities all over the country, DER resources, distributed energy resources, uh, solar, wind, Electric cars, batteries, big batteries are becoming more and more prevalent. And, and you see some of these utilities struggle with thousands of interconnection requests a day. Uh, so for instance, out in California, we'll see, because they're, they're big on solar out there, and they're actually big here in Texas on it as well. But you have to get permission from the uh, utility to do a study. If I want to put 10K of solar or 20K of solar on my home, what are the implications to the grid on that? Well, somebody's got to study that. And in many cases, it can be very quick, if 10, 15 minute exercise, maybe 20 minutes. But if you're doing thousands of those a day, that, that's a huge amount of time. And one of the things a digital twin can help you do and the t solutions that Bentley has can help you automate that. So we have a way that when you get your digital twin in place and it, it can be very quick with GIS data, you click on a home, 
a menu pops up, you put in the amount of power that you want to run on that home, and you hit go, and it completes the study in seconds and gives you a, a, a yes or a no. We keep track of every study we run. We keep track of the model that was run on it, how much power was analyzed. So you can go back and look and see what the implications are to the grid as a neighborhood grows in solar deployments or a neighborhood wants to put out a big solar farm or, or wind turbine or, or, or battery or something. And these utilities are starting to see the advantages of that, not only from a money savings to the customer, but they can utilize those resources to help balance the grid. So it helps the utility as well. Digital Twin can help you kind of reshape what you think about your business model about a utility because that's coming at these utilities in spades. You look, especially in Texas, hurricanes hit the Houston area and there are businesses down there that have their own power and they will disconnect from the grid and save their grocery store chains, big gas station chains so they can stay in business and keep operating. And this actually helped a lot of people three years ago when Hurricane Harvey hit the Houston area. And what the utilities are doing down there is then utilizing those power sources in super hot times of the year when the grid's under huge stress with air conditioning and, and other demands, asking those businesses to disconnect from the grid. Turn on your power source and disconnect and offload from the grid and we'll pay you for that. Or help us power the grid and help us balance the grid in that area and we'll pay you for that. So it's interesting how a digital twin can help a utility kind of terraform their business model and how they operate and run. Yes, and given that you're from Texas, you know firsthand about reliability, especially during a serious weather event. Can you talk a little bit about that? Can you tell us how can a digital twin help mitigate the risks posed to the grid by severe weather? Yeah, that's that. We're already starting to see that. Yeah, we've we've seen a couple of major events uh, here recently. The the winter storm that just about shut down the entire Texas grid. And in the Houston area, again, where a hurricane will hit, and the last one, they, they were without power for a couple of weeks because transformers were just drowned. They had 40 to 60 inches of rain, so it just flooded everything down there. So what a digital twin can help you do, and we're seeing this actually in the Midwest as well, in the Ohio Valley area, where they'll create microgrids. And during extreme events, and, and this is what California is looking at as well from a wildfire standpoint, if we can create microgrids, what is it that we can put in certain areas and disconnect small communities so that we can cut off the major power sources and reduce the chance of damage either from high winds or hurricane events or extreme cold, extreme heat? What could we do to, to, to supply some of this? And so it's very, if you have a digital twin of that environment, you can do these what-if scenarios and say, okay, if we, we took this small area and cut it out, and maybe put a solar farm in with batteries, what would that cost benefit be? Maybe a wind turbine would be more beneficial. Maybe a big battery would be more beneficial, but you can try certain things and see what the cost analysis cost effect could be in, in breaking up uh, these certain sections of the grid. The other interesting thing about building a digital twin and being able to do this is being able to analyze huge geographic areas. You can look at 20, 30 years worth of data and see how the area has grown and, and look back in time and see where there were problems and then go mitigate those with very simple fixes. Uh, maybe put a big capacitor in, in a certain area to, to, you know, a very cost-effective way to mitigate some low-voltage, high-voltage areas. And, and again, break up 
and microgrid certain sections with with cheap technologies that are coming along. Um, the, the cost savings could be tremendous if you could break up your high voltage areas, shut off power to the high voltage lines, and save them during you know extreme weather events. Then the savings could be tremendous. Yeah, yeah. So let's bring it all together. How does Bentley's digital twin solution help address all these pain points you mentioned earlier? And what does Bentley's digital twin services provide to utilities? The, the biggest thing that Bentley is invested in is a common data model. It's open source. You're not locked in to any data format. You keep the data sources that you have. But Bentley has a lot of different connectors that allows you to bring in these data sources to this common data model. The beauty behind that is that Bentley's catching up because IBM, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, all the major players are putting open source software out there that's free that people can use and build on. And if you build to Bentley's common data model, as tools evolve, new tools come along, suddenly you can then incorporate that data into your digital twin very easily and very effectively and very efficiently. Uh, Bentley's got over 350 different connectors right now and, and growing. If we don't have a connector, it's easy for us to build one. And this is what allows us to build a digital twin very efficiently. Again, we're utilizing your existing data sources and laying these in like layers on a, on a bed, you know, blankets, sheets, pillows, depending on the data source that you have and what you want to see and view, you can strip these layers off to get to the data that you want to see. So it's a very powerful way to help utilities, again, A, visualize what they have and what's going on within their grid, and B, make the existing systems that they have work much more efficiently with each other, sharing data. So, and, and one, of the, one of the fun things that I think, I, I, just, I just saw that this new Ford truck, you could actually power your house with it. So what if people had electric cars that in, in the case of, uh, you know, an extreme weather event like we had in Texas where it just gets too cold for too long or too hot for too long or something, and you could power your house with your car or truck for a few days while the grid recovers or until that extreme weather event goes away. So it's, it's a pretty interesting uh, dynamic that's coming with these new big powerful electric vehicles. I'd love to see that advertisement, powering the state. Now, Brent, we have to put you through a different kind of ringer. It's time for our lightning round that will allow our listeners to get to know you and get to know who you are a bit better outside of the digital twin talk. So your responses will be just one word or phrase. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Dream vacation spot. I'd have to say Hawaii. We, we've gone there a couple of times and we really enjoy that. Favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas, because we take a lot of time at, the, at, at then and family comes in. So it's, I think it's our favorite holiday. What recipe would you cook up in the kitchen to impress a guest? Pizza. We, we actually, I, I, I make pretty good pizzas. We make our own dough and we have our own fun little recipes. So yeah, pizza. That's impressive. What movie, book, or TV show can you watch over and over without getting tired of? It's a, a program that I like is, is called Nova on PBS. <laughs> it's, they're scientific programs, but they have such amazing content. So yeah, Nova, Nova series. Is there an app on your phone you couldn't live without? I'd have to say mail because on the road, it's, you know, you're, you're never really too far from work. So probably mail. <laughs> and what are you most optimistic about? 
say uh, electric cars again. It's fascinating. We have one. We've had one for we've had one for a while, and the the possibilities of what we're going to be able to do with those things going forward, I think, is is tremendous. So, electric cars. <laughs> Fantastic, Brett. We love your passion. We love your insight. Uh, you've made it through the lightning round with complete success. And for that, we're going to give you the final word of the episode. If you can share one simple final piece of advice with the utility leaders who are listening in today, what would it be? I would say that um, looking at your business, what, what is your biggest struggle pain point with? The term digital twin sounds daunting and, and like, oh, it's going to be really expensive and time-consuming and hard to build, but it's really not. It's very simple. And, and when you look at one area of your business and the utility that you're struggling with, that's how you can get started. That's, that's the easiest place to get going. And, and then from there, you can just add on, add on the next pain point and, and continue going forward. And pretty soon you see great efficiencies within the utility. The utility gets more flexible, more dynamic, easier to manage. Uh, and going forward with all of the new sources of electricity that are coming. Again, electric cars, solar, wind, solar panels are going to get tremendously more efficient. Wind turbines are getting to be huge. They're, uh, I see GE's building a 13 megawatt one. So it's, it's just, it's going to continue to grow and, and to be able to handle all that change efficiently is going to be a, a bigger, bigger chore for these utilities. So yeah, start simple, start with your biggest pain point and grow from there. That's great, Brent. So I want to thank you for a great informative, and entertaining conversation. I hope our listeners learned as much as we have today. So thanks for coming back to the podcast. Perhaps we'll have to make this an annual tradition. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great talking with you again, Jason. Matt, it was great fun. Thank you very much. You can always reach Brent Jensen through the Energy Central platform where he welcomes your questions and comments. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. And we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. <laughs>